Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Keep 100 Radio. I'm your host, Lissy Pointer. If you are new here, thank you so much for finding the podcast and hanging out with us today. If you have listened to the podcast before and you're coming back to hang out to and listen to another episode, then welcome back. I'm really, really grateful that you are here. It feels kind of crazy because it's September 11th right now as I'm recording this, and it's been almost a year since we've released the podcast. So on October 4th, I believe it was, of 2022, that's when we released the podcast. That's when, that's really since like we've been recording now for over a year. And I don't know, it just feels really, really crazy to think that we're this far along. We've hit 10,000 downloads on the podcast. We are on episode 60, I believe this is, and definitely didn't hit a hundred episodes in, you know, the upcoming year. And speaking of, um, I just wanted to make a quick note that this will be the last episode for a few weeks. <laughs> Don't freak out, we will be back, but we want to take some time just to take a break, revamp, kind of go into season two with some fresh content and just really make sure that we're enhancing the quality of the podcast and making sure that we are getting these resources and perspectives and conversations to you in the best way possible. So this will be just the last episode for the next few weeks. We look forward to being back probably in October. So definitely follow me on Instagram to be, you know, to keep up to date with um, all things podcasts that are happening. I will be making more announcements there. So you can follow me at needles and spoons underscore. You can find a ton of free resources on our website, www.needlesandspoons.com. So just don't worry. There's a lot of really amazing things coming uh, in the last quarter of the year. The podcast revamping one of them. So just stay tuned. But if you have been listening or following along on Instagram, or maybe you're part of my email uh, list, then you know that this past Friday, September 9th, was my 28th birthday. Um, that feels really weird to say because I don't feel 28. And I know some of you might be listening and being like, 28 is so young. And I hear you, I do. But at the same time, I do feel like this past year, there has been so many things that have happened you know, a lot of accomplishments, a lot of ups and downs and changes and, you know, transitions in my life that I just feel like I'm going into year 28 with a lot more clarity, a lot more confidence, and just a lot more taken away from this past year than kind of any other time in my life. But I thought for today's episode, it would be kind of fun to do something a little bit different. Now, just kind of thinking about it and if you're new to the podcast and you might not know this, and if you are not new and you've heard other episodes, and I'm sorry that you're probably hearing this story for the dozenth time, but nonetheless, I do think it's really important. But I was diagnosed with diabetes when I was 19 years old. And at that point, I had lived almost two decades feeling, you know, more or less healthy and strong. And I was a gymnast and all of these things. And it felt like really old to be diagnosed with a chronic illness like this, especially when you're growing up hearing it termed as juvenile diabetes. Now, it's interesting because looking back at 28, almost nine years later since my diagnosis, I obviously am such a different person. But even in the way that I treat my diabetes has evolved so much. And part of that is that I have a lot more experiences. I have a lot more knowledge. I have a lot more strategy. 
But the way that I treated my diabetes earlier, you know, at that point, even until I was about 24, so like the first, you know, five years of my diagnosis, I just feel like it was so naive and very oversimplified. Now, yes, a part of that is, you know, part of the consequences of the traditional healthcare system and the education that I was given throughout my diagnosis and through the transition into like endocrinology and all those things. Yes. But just in the way that I've maybe matured in the diagnosis, I don't know if that's really a great way to put it, but it's so much different than it was back then. So I have been living with diabetes since I was 19 years old. Um, from there, I have been on social media for with diabetes since about 22, 23. I started my Instagram account that is now at needles and spoons underscore. It initially started as at T1D Lissy. And at that point, I just kind of used it to just share about type 1 diabetes. Um, I had started it kind of as like an outlet to talk about these things because since I was diagnosed a little bit later in life, I felt like I just like felt like it was a different side of me that people who knew me since high school and since childhood, like they didn't really quite understand. So I just wanted a space and an outlet to talk about diabetes freely and connect with other diabetics without maybe feeling like that hidden judgment or just like that weird, um, you know, that, that other side of things. So since Friday was my birthday, I've just been doing a lot of reflecting. I kind of use that time to like go back and reflect and look at the past year, but I kind of scrolled through my archive since the very beginning of starting that account. And it's kind of interesting to like go through and, and look at your Instagram stories from a different lens of, you know, let's see the first one that I'm looking at is from 2017. So this is, you know, five, almost six years later. So I thought it would be really fun to kind of play a game of let's rank my old Instagram stories relating to how I used to feel about diabetes and how like the different strategies that I've used. Um, so we're going to dive right into it. I'm going to explain like the text that was on these Instagram stories and maybe I'll, I'll share them on Instagram. I'm not, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how much embarrassment I can take depending on the story. Um, but you know, I'm just gonna rank it on a scale of uh, of like zero to ten, and and kind of <laughs> explain how I see things a little bit differently now, um, almost eight nine years later of <laughs> being diagnosed with di- diabetes. Um, so, all right, the first one. This is a an Instagram story of a, it's literally just a picture of a bagel, and it's me at the airport, and it just says, "Wouldn't it be nice to be able to eat a bagel without worrying about how much it's gonna fuck up your day?" Um, I'm going to give this one a two out of 10 (laughs) for a few reasons. Um, you know, first of all, love bagels still. Um, I've always been kind of a carby girl, grew up as a gymnast, love my carbs. But in this particular story, I lose points because I had at this point just learned what a pre-bolus was. So I definitely probably didn't use this as a tool. So whenever I had something that had a lot of carbs or just a higher amount of carbs, I can guarantee it did in fact spike my blood sugar because I just did not know how to handle it with my bolus. On top of that, I had no idea what the PFF method was. So I thought that diabetes was just carbs and insulin and that was your blood sugar. Um, I did not know about the impact of adding protein, fiber, and fat and how you can use those as tools to actually improve your blood sugars after eating carbs. So I can guarantee you I would have had a very different result if I had had this bagel with 
eggs and avocado and spinach or whatever it is, um, but I just didn't know that. So lose points a little bit there and then also losing points because this is just when I was through that phase of I thought low carb was better. Um, and hey, everybody has their preferences. If low carb is your preference, that is totally fine. However, I knew that it was not my preference, but I judged myself for wanting to eat carbs. And it really shows in this Instagram story. So all around two out of 10, um, giving myself credit because I ate the bagel, but losing points because of the way that I went about it and my mindset around it. So that was actually from December 21st, 2017. So quite a while ago. The next one is actually from like 10 days later. This was a few days after Christmas in the same year. And I had said, uh, it's a picture of pancakes with chocolate chips on them. I was at the diner and I had said the carbs don't count during the holidays, right? Um, I'm going to give myself a, uh, you know, again, like a, a, a probably like a, yeah, two or three out of 10, you know, giving myself credit for eating the pancakes, choosing the pancakes because that's what I wanted, but also losing points because I thought that I had to earn my food. <laughs> I just felt like, you know, uh, if it wasn't a holiday or it wasn't like I wasn't on vacation or it was a weekend, um, I just felt like I couldn't eat the foods that I wanted to eat. So losing some points there, um, all around just, uh, yeah, two or three out of 10 there. All right. The next one is from January, 2018. Um, it's me laying in bed and I just go, okay. Oh, this is at one o'clock in the morning. I just go, okay, two hours and three juice boxes later, still at 60. This is why diabetics don't sleep. So, I mean, I definitely have had multiple of those nights since then. Um, like I woke up last night low. The difference here, so I had three lows and I was just treating with juice. Again, I think like I just really thought about the traditional advice from the healthcare system or my diabetes care team. And they just said, you know, okay, 15 by 15, you know, you have 15 carbs and you wait 15 minutes and your blood sugar will, should be up. And I think I took that a little bit too seriously because I think if this was me now, I probably would have treated that first initial low pretty different. I would have maybe opted for something with some protein and fat to keep that blood sugar up so that when I, you know, treated, I didn't just go up and back down. So I'm going to give myself, you know, probably like a five out of 10 for that one. I feel for that girl. I feel for, you know, and like, again, we all have those sleepless nights where diabetes just doesn't cooperate. We hear alarms going off. I just wish I had more tools in my back pocket to actually like prevent those lows from happening. So five out of 10. All right. The next one is from January, 2018 again, and it is a screenshot of my Dexcom graph. And it's just so weird actually looking back at these <laughs> Dexcom graphs because they're just so different, the G5 versus the G6 and all the updates that they've made since. The G5, like if any, if you've, if you've been on the Dexcom G5, you know how terrifying that thing was to insert. So like the G6, you know, you kind of just hit a button and it, it applies. The G5, you had to physically insert yourself. So you had to like push the needle in and it just gave me so much anxiety because I knew that the faster you did it, the less it hurt, but I physically couldn't do it. And I did it so slowly. So it always hurt so bad. But nonetheless, this is a picture um, of my Dexcom graph and 
you know, I think my, yeah, my target range there, it looks like was between 70 and like 210 or 220, it looks like. And my graph is showing, you know, some spikes, you know, up. It's just kind of like a big wave. There's lots of waves, lots of fluctuation, but I was under the 210 mark the whole day. So I had wrote, not the prettiest line, but nothing above 180 today. Small victories should always be celebrated. I'm going to give myself like a seven out of 10 on that one. I really appreciate the mindset that I had that, you know, small victories should be celebrated. I think that's probably even a big victory for me there of just, you know, having a day where I didn't, you know, I didn't go too high and it just felt really good. Um, And it's kind of a confidence booster for me, but also losing points because although I was under my line, I had a lot of fluctuation. So if you see the graph, it's just constant like arrow up, arrow down, arrow up, arrow down. And you can very much tell that on the graph. Um, So I think like my mindset around this has shifted a lot over the years of thinking of it less as what are the numbers, but what are the trends? So is it worth having numbers super in range if the trends are messy? So if the if I'm experiencing a lot of fluctuations and I'm constantly having to either treat the highs or lows, I don't know, to me, I'd rather see a little bit of elevation, even if my blood sugar is sitting a little bit higher, but less fluctuation. Um, I don't know, that's kind of where I'm at at this point in my journey. So yeah, all around like seven out of 10, giving myself that one that. Um, the next one is from February of 2018, so kind of similar time frame. It's a picture of these little like cookie ice cream sandwiches from a restaurant that I was at when my friends were visiting, and it just says worth the spike. <laughs> so gonna give this one probably like a four out of ten. Gonna give myself the credit of having one and not restricting myself, but at the same time again, going back to like losing points because I felt like I had to, I felt like whenever I indulged or like followed a craving or wasn't restricting myself that I would have consequences from my blood sugars. Like it was just automatic, an automatic thing. So I was automatically thinking of the negative things that could happen instead of approaching that scenario with confidence. So I can guarantee you like if I approach this scenario differently, Um, like if I approached it with confidence, I'd probably be asking, okay, like, yes, what are the carb counts? But also what is this going to do for my blood sugars? Where am I at? Like I would ask different questions and I'd probably have a lot more confidence and it probably wouldn't have gone to that initial blood sugar spike. But I probably went into this being like, well, screw it. Um, my blood sugars are going to spike. So, oh, well, just going to let it happen. And I probably saw that spike. So intentionality is everything. So yeah, gonna gonna lowball that one. <laughs> the next one is similar time frame. Uh, when I was living in Miami, I would go to the apartment gym almost every day. And I kind of followed this motto. It was called, it was steps up, sugars down. So I would go to the gym almost every day. I would come home from my nine to five, take my dog out, go into the little apartment gym and pretty much had that mindset that like I had to move my body to be a good diabetic. Um, so I'm going to give this one like a two out of 10 again, because my mindset around then was just so restrictive and just felt like I had to like eat low carb everything. I had to really over like 
really work my body pretty hard. And looking at the story too, this was at 9 p.m. So I was on the treadmill at 9 p.m. because I felt like I had to. So yeah, gonna give that one like a two out of 10 because I just felt like I had to use movement as a way to bring my blood sugars down instead of using movement for enjoyment. So don't get me wrong. Movement can be an amazing tool. It is an amazing tool, but it's not something that I think we should force ourselves to do for our blood sugars. So yeah, two out of 10. Um, this one is from when I actually moved home. So I left Miami, moved back home to New Jersey and kind of went into this health kick. So I was really excited to get my blood sugars down. I was really excited to like focus on my A1C and take this new approach to life and like just really focusing on my health and my lifestyle and all these things. I had just left, you know, like a kind of a toxic career, a toxic relationship, environment, all the things. So I was really motivated. And I think that was great for me. I needed that point to like focus more on movement and focus more on my health. Um, but in this story, it's 9.45 in the morning. I was working at Starbucks. Um, and, you know, I didn't see my work laptop. I packed a little breakfast sandwich that I made. I had my coffee. But the caption reads, got my workout in, made breakfast, coffee in hand, working from home, and planning workout number two of the day. Hashtag productivity. So, <laughs> um gonna rank this one like a a three out of ten like all for the productivity I think I was getting into a really great like morning routine of just feeling like I could be productive I was working on myself I was trying to be you know positive and change my change my health around but at the same time doing two workouts in a day I did not need to do that (laughs) again I think it kind of goes back to feeling like my worth went up if I was using movement more. So I can actually remember this day specifically. I had done a early workout. Uh, it's probably just 7 a.m. CrossFit class. I used to really like CrossFit. I still like it occasionally. I really don't do it anymore, but I like the challenge. I like the community. I think it's fun, but there was no need for me to go from a 7 a.m. CrossFit class and then say, I need to plan my second workout of the day because that's when I had just gotten another gym membership and I was really getting back into weightlifting. So I was going to do two high intensity workouts in a day. And I just felt like that that's what I had to do to be healthy. So yeah, not a great mindset <laughs> in that one. Um, and the next one is a screenshot of my Deathcon Clarity. It's my 14 day Deathcon Clarity graph, my summary. It's like my time and range and everything. I was 74% time and range. Um, I had quite a bit of lows, but you know, my average was 135. So the caption reads, I've been home for two weeks and my average glucose has gone down from the 150s to 135. This is the power of a peaceful environment. And honestly, I'm going to rank this a 10 out of 10 because I think this is when it really started to hit that, like the holistic experience really started to hit, like the the power of my environment and my stress levels and my relationships and my social life, they matter for my health. And this is where I truly started seeing the impact of that in my blood sugars. So if you haven't listened to the podcast before, then you might not know that you know, after moving out of that that environment, um, 
where I was living and had a toxic relationship and career and all these things, after shifting my focus and like after moving home and, you know, focusing on my health and taking more of that holistic experience, my A1C went from a 7.1 to a 5.7. Now I didn't do that immediately. It kind of went nudged down gradually, went from like a 6.6 and then slowly lowered. But I do really, really think that the the reason behind that was because I was focusing on my holistic health and not just carbs plus insulin equals blood sugars. So 10 out of 10 because that that was great. And then the last one is from October 12th, 2018. So again, these are all kind of from the, the same year. This was four years into my diagnosis. So this one, <laughs> it's a picture of celery juice which I did not really know how to make I think I just like blended celery together and then added water and like strained it I don't know I didn't do great so the the picture really doesn't look great but the caption just reads trying out this celery juice nonsense gonna rank this one as (laughs) a four out of ten I'm giving myself the four because of my humor around the nonsense And again, I think this goes back to preference. If you enjoy celery juice, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel energized. You get your hydration. That's great. But my intention for using celery juice, again, I was like, I can improve my insulin sensitivity this way. I can just be so healthy. I I don't know really what my mindset was, but it wasn't for the right reasons. It wasn't because I enjoyed celery juice. And I just really thought that like my, in order to, see better blood sugars, I needed to be the person that juiced vegetables. (laughs) And like, I just think that goes back to the word holistic and what we kind of think of when we hear holistic. Like I used to think that meant I had to do, I had to juice things. I had to do yoga all the time. I had to work out twice a day, all these things. And when we think about the word holistic, it's really just focusing on your body as a whole. So yeah, that one kind of made me giggle a little bit. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed that experience with me. I'm going to post those on Instagram, on our KB100 Instagram, at KI100official underscore on Instagram. I just think that they're kind of fun to reflect, reflect on. Um, it's just kind of interesting. Like the more, the longer you live with diabetes, just the way your mindset around it changes. And, you know, part of that is with more experience, it's worth more education, But also, I just think when we shift our approach and we just allow ourselves to think holistically and, you know, find our balance that aligns with our humanness and our priorities and our preferences, we can truly feel our best with it. So that's my little TED talk for today. I hope you enjoyed going back uh, through memory lane with me. And yeah, like I mentioned, this will be our last podcast for a few weeks. So stay tuned in October for some more episodes. And I cannot wait to connect with you then. If you are looking for ways to work with us until then, you can find the link to join Keep You 100 in the show notes. Uh, We can book a consultation call, chat, and make sure that this is the right fit for you. We're also opening up enrollment for the Ethical Coaching and Diabetes Care Certification. So if you are somebody who wants to be a coach for other people living with diabetes and you want to make sure that you are creating a practice that doesn't sacrifice your values, this is going to be the program for you. This is a three and a half month long training teaching you how to integrate yourself in the diabetes community 
create a practice and really align yourself with the values in your values in a way that's ethical and that's in integrity um, for you. Our last opportunity is our Mastering Your Hormones and Blood Sugars Bootcamp. Inside of this mini group coaching program, you'll be hanging out with myself and Coach Val for six weeks, talking all things hormones and blood sugars. So if you're somebody who has never really gotten to dive into looking at your cycle as a whole, so you're not really sure how to track your cycle, you're not really sure how hormone fluctuations impact your blood sugars, how to work with insulin sensitivity and insulin resistance, resistance shifts, this is going to be the course for you. This is a live six week program where you are hanging out with us on live calls for every week for six weeks. You have Slack support and all the resources that you will need to really make this the best experience. So we are so excited for that. You can find all of those links in the show notes and I cannot wait to see you in season two of the podcast.